Okay, good morning or good afternoon, depending on wherever wherever you at. Thanks a lot for coming in and thank you for tuning in to episode 14 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Today, I'm with my fellow co-host, Kyrie. Introduce yourself, man. What's going on? What's going on? Yes, sir. Chris, introduce yourself, man. How's everybody doing? Yes, unfortunately, Elijah won't be available for today's episode, but he will be available for the next episode as well as Chris and Kyrie and Mar. So can't wait. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Western Conference and their free agent signings. As the previous episode, when we did the Eastern Conference, we graded, we went by division by division. We had graded each team based on their their free agent signings over the offseason and overall, how is their offseason and do they make that push to compete for the playoff? If they're a rebuilding team, do they take that next step competing for the playoffs? So with that being said, we start off with the first team in the Northwest division, the Denver Nuggets. All right. I mean, talk to me. How you guys feel about the Denver Nuggets and their in their offseason, their free agency signings? Talk to me. Um, so we kind of covered it in the last episode. I feel like uh, the Nuggets took a big hit losing losing Jeremy Grant. I feel like he was the perfect uh, the perfect power forward to have side by side with Nikola Jokic. He made up for a lot of Nikola Jokic's uh, defensive weaknesses. I felt like um, better than Paul Millsap. And um, yeah, so they they let him walk to Detroit and they kept Paul Millsap and resigned uh, Jermichael Green. And I'm, I actually kind of like Jermichael Green, but he's I mean, they they signed them on a good deal. You know, they didn't give them a lot. You know, yeah, yeah. And it it was like a conservative. It was a conservative move, but I feel like he's just like your average run of the mill center. I mean, power forward. He's just one of your average run of the mill big men. And I don't see him having like a huge impact there off the bench. Okay, I mean, and how you feel about the you know the the draft selection? We talked about the draft selection. How you feel about Arthur Hampton and Zeke? Yeah, so the draft selection was fine. So I. I don't. I see a lot of opportunity for Zeke Naji at the moment, so I'm I'm actually happier about that than what they did in free agency. So I'm pretty sure I gave him, I think, like a B plus in the draft. Yeah, I can't remember uh, from that episode. You gave him a B plus, uh, but for free agency, I have to give him. I have to give him a D. So, so Denver Nuggets, you give them overall their offseason, you give them a D. Yes. All right, Chris. What about you? Talk to me. I mean, I don't really see them doing anything bad. I mean, I understand why. Losing um, Jeremy Grant couldn't be big, but at the same time, uh, they they still have a lot of players that can kind of fill that position, like a Michael Porter Jr. And he can add more, bring more to the table than what Grant could. So I don't really see it as being a bad move. I mean, and like he said, with the addition of their um, draft selections, I think if RJ Hampton can improve his jump shot stuff, he's going to fit really well as the backup point guard for Jamal Murray. And potentially, um, depending on what's going to happen with Gary Harris, if he, can stay, if he can't stay healthy and they have to move from him, I think he could fit the two-guard role because he's lengthy enough to play the shooting guard position. But overall, I would give him probably like a C-plus for their um, offseason moves. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think losing Jeremy Grant is really going to hurt them. I feel like he's going to bite them in the bite them in the back. I don't know, maybe in the regular season, but definitely in the playoffs. I feel like he – I mean, I feel like they should have definitely kept him, or I don't know if he didn't want to stay. I don't know what the situation behind that was. Jermichael Green, they got they signed to you know a cheap deal, nothing major, good backup. Uh, I like the I like RJ Hampton. You know he was like the number two point guard out of that class behind Cole Anthony. So you know he was rated high early in the mock drafts too. So overall the all season, um, I'm, I'm gonna give the Denver Nuggets a, a C plus. Give him a C plus. Give him a C plus. So making that transition from Denver Nuggets, we go to Oklahoma City Thunder. How do you th- – I mean, listen, they didn't really make any free agency signings. They traded Steven Adams. They traded Chris Paul to the Suns. We'll, we'll definitely get on that later. I want to touch on that a lot. Uh, they stocked up on draft picks, though. I mean, man, Sam Presti, if there's anyone you want rebuilding, listen, this guy picked out three Hall of Famers, three MVPs. I mean, I don't know if he's trying to aim for that again. What's the chances of that even happening again? Just You guys talk to me about that. Um, we kind of covered that in one of our previous episodes also. I think that was good of them. I think that was fine of them. And I'm I'm okay with them breaking it down right now. I feel like now is the perfect time for them, especially like we were talking about how deep next year's draft is. And yes. maybe they do find that that centerpiece they can build around in that next uh, that next year's draft. I'm pretty sure they can. Um, but like you said, they didn't make a lot of free agency moves. They just did a lot of a lot of tearing down and retooling. 
So because of that, I'll give them a, a C minus, a solid C minus, just mm-hmm. because they're they're they know they're not competing anytime soon. So right, right. I mean, I don't think they were trying to compete though. Yeah. First place. I, I would give them an A minus just the fact of you know they're trying to stock up for the future. They know they're not competing. You know, I would give it an A minus because Sam Presti's vision. I'm never gonna doubt his vision when you pick out three consecutive MVP Hall of Famers in 2007, eight, and nine. Like you know, is is there nothing to really like? I don't doubt his vision. I mean, what about you, Chris? You think OKC can ever make that happen again? Make that miracle happen? And I don't think anybody's going to draft three straight MVPs, but I think <laughs> the right time to tear it down and rebuild because that roster wasn't going to compete for anything than the early playoff exit. So, I mean, they got rid of big contracts. They still got – they basically got draft picks and young players. So, I mean, it was it was the right time to tear it down. So, now we just got to see how they do. But, I mean, I think – it was, but like I said, it was smart tearing it down. So, I wouldn't mind giving them a B uh, for their offseason. I mean, how do you guys feel about the team building around Shy Gillis Alexander? I mean, me and Chris went back and forth about whether the Clippers should have traded him. I didn't feel like the Clippers should have traded him. He's definitely a, a starting more caliber point guard than Patrick Beverly, who I think should is better off being a six man. At the, same time, at the same time, I don't think they would have been able to acquire Paul George if they were if they weren't willing to give give up him. You know, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. That's just a testament to how, how you know, Shaq is definitely the potential. It's definitely some Sam Presti. Sam Presti vows you. I don't see nothing wrong with that. So that's that's I'll, more of a, you know. I'll say this, Colin. This, is, this, this will be his proving he can play point guard. I'll say that much. Okay. Right. You think, you think he's more well this year, then I, I agree with you. But until then, I don't, see him, I don't see him as a point guard. All right. Fair you enough. think he's more of a shooting guard, Chris? Absolutely. I think he's more of a shooting guard. I think he's uh, more. Square my, I, I like him better off the wing, but Kyle, but the, the big con I have was he thinks he was a better point guard than a Pat Bevin. Um, I I just feel like Pat. I, listen, like no disrespect like, to Pat Bev. Pat here to do what Shaw Goods Alexander would do. Pat Bev was there to play defense. I I've, I've never seen Shaw play defense, let alone never seen him play defense. You oh, think he's a liable defender? Huh? Is he a liable? Is, is he a liable liable defender? I mean, not a reliable, reliable defender. It's just like I mean, he's it's, pretty athletic, and he, he's good at getting to the passing lane. He's got long arms. I mean, it's just like people is like you're not good at what you do, but you're not bad at either. You're just average. Well, I mean, because because he played point guard his whole entire. The only reason why he was forced to play all, at the two was because uh, you know Chris Paul. Paul. Yeah, so it's like you know it's, it's, it actually worked out for him. But they did they did, did work out a lot of lineups where he would play point guard, and they would have. They have Dennis Schroeder kind of alongside with him. Also, they were both kind of like feeding off each other. So I, I do like I, I do like the potential of uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander playing point guard in the future. He just his decision making just has to sharpen up, but that'll come with more experience in the league. I feel like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I think OKC's future. Then I, I then um he proved me wrong. That's all I can say. All right, got you. I mean, OKC got a bright future, man. I mean, I listen. If I'm any team, and I got Sam Presti and look at his his resume. Listen, I don't, I don't see why OKC can't be, you know, hopeful and, and excited. So, with that being said, we go over to the Utah Jazz, who they bring back their favors. They kept Jordan Clarkson at a high price, but I, I think it was necessary. You know, he's good coming off the bench for Donovan Mitchell. And then they gave Donovan Mitchell an extension, as they rightfully should. He's your biggest superstar since the last superstar in Utah Jazz before Donovan Mitchell. I would not say Mitchell's a superstar yet. Probably Darren Williams. Darren Williams. Darren Williams. I can't. Man, I be forgetting Darren Williams. Man, he's he his career. Man, it's definitely those injuries robbed him of that. But, um, definitely. So, how do you feel about uh, the Utah Jazz? How do you feel about their all season? Talk to me. But I, I need that superstar word to stop getting thrown around like it is. No, I didn't say Donovan Mitchell is a, like a superstar. I'm saying he's Utah Jazz's superstar. No, he's their best player. It doesn't mean he's a superstar. Mm, okay. I feel like he – I mean, you, so you don't think he has the potential to be a superstar? Everybody has the potential to be a superstar. But That's not true. That's not true. Not everyone has the potential to be a superstar. Everybody has potential to be whatever they want to be. All right, Chris. So what do you think, Kyrie? How you feel about the teams, uh, Utah Jazz? So yeah, so they did what they had to do as far as um resigning Donovan Mitchell. That's I feel like that was their number one priority. Um, I don't really understand the Derek Favors move. I, maybe because he's already familiar with that coach. He was just there what a season ago. Uh, 
I mean, is he, is he 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 could play the he could play the four. He could be a backup for Rudy uh, Goldberg. I mean, it's one of those things, you know. He 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 he's a he's a serviceable uh, big man though. He definitely gives you buckies, liable defensively. He gives boards though. So yeah, I, I just I just didn't see. I just didn't see too much of that in New Orleans. I feel like he struggled a little bit in New Orleans. I mean, he averaged like I think like nine and nine, but he. I don't know. I don't. I don't see him bringing too much to the table in Utah. Um, but like I said, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, and resign a Donovan Mitchell for that. I give him an A. All right, all right. So, what do you think, Chris? What grade are you giving the Utah Jazz? I mean, they just kind of handled their business. So, I mean, uh, solid B is fine. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna give him a B because you know, besides Donovan Mitchell, which they obviously should have given him that extension. I mean, I don't it didn't make any groundbreaking moves. Not that they really need to. They, resigned, um, they also did resign Jordan Clarkson a good deal too. I like him coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said uh, they kept Jordan Clarkson, you know, so he's good, you know, to spell some some of that minutes off Donovan Mitchell, you know, load management. So so, so Kyla, how far do you well both of you guys, how far do you guys see them making it into the West? Like what do you think they're uh Oh, like, how, do you, how do you think they'll see? The second West round. is so stacked, man. I don't – second-round exit? Yep. Man, West is so stacked. If I had to say I'm leaning second round, but, man, it depends. So, it depends on the seeding of the Utah – where the Utah Jazz – so, where do you guys put the Utah Jazz in the West? So, give me, like, your West standings right now. Like, give me your West standings. Like, go ahead, Kyrie. Give me your West standings right now. So, you uh, would say number one, the Lakers, right? That's obviously off the bat. Lakers number one, yeah. Right. Um, Lakers number one. I'll go Clippers number two. Right. I'll go Denver number three. Yeah, Denver Nuggets definitely in the top three. Um, Got to Denver Nuggets in the top three. Hmm. I'll go Denver number three. Then I'll go Golden State number four. That's barren if Clay even comes back during the season, but I, I don't know. I got them not like coming back. That's an Achilles tear, bro. He's not coming back. Oh, yeah. I still think they make number four. Yeah, Steph Curry. Yeah. They- I think the Jazz can. They'll battle it out with the, the Blazers maybe, but I, I say Jazz or Blazers in that five spot. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably give the edge to the Blazers and give the uh, give the Jazz number six, give the Grizzlies seven, I'll give the Rockets eight. No, I'm sorry. I'll give Dallas eight. I'll give Dallas eight. Yeah, I definitely not. Like, I'm not sleeping with Dallas. I feel like Dallas is definitely making the playoffs. I feel like they can fight for that seven to six spot. The Rockets, I really don't know, man. I don't know. But it's they definitely going to be a uh, – it's definitely gonna be a competitive playing tournament, just like last year, though. No, definitely. Like, I, I just, I don't think I feel right leaving the Rockets out of it, though. Like, as long as you had James Harden, I, I just don't know leaving them out of it. I, I just don't know. But gotta look at his supporting cast, bro. John Wall missed two years, and Demarcus Cousins as well has missed two years, also. So, what do you I don't think? Know, I don't know what those guys are going to be when they come back. That is true. So, what do you think, Chris? Give me like your standings. Be relying on Christian Wood. <laughs> he kind of he kind of already said what I was probably gonna say. I mean, I, I don't see any changes except I think uh, Dallas might take a little bit of a leap, might end up being the fifth seed. To be honest with you, but, mm, why you say that? Why you think Dallas can make that leap to the fifth? Because you see what they got now. You see what they just added. I, Josh Rich is gonna be is the perfect three need to play alongside Luca and Porzingis is gonna come back snapping. Yes, well, for, yes. I think Porzingis gonna. I think Porzingis about to miss some time, right? Uh, yeah, I think Porzingis is is, is, is going to miss some time. So I don't know how much time exactly, but he, he. That's my only thing. That's my only thing with the Mavericks is his durability. Yeah. I have no problem with Luca. I have no problem with Rick uh, Rick Rick Carlisle's coaching. Rick Carlisle's an excellent coach. Actually, he's an excellent coach. I uh, just I'm just worried about Kristaps. Being a Knicks fan, I've seen it. You've <laughs> seen it. Just, you, you, we just know that's something we, we got to look out for. That might be the last time y'all might get a superstar in the next 10, 15 years. But moving on with you know that. the superstar word around a lot. It's Christoph, Christoph Przingis is definitely – he was a unicorn. Definitely. That doesn't mean he was a superstar. He was just unique. His potential to be a superstar, he's a future superstar. That's I see it. He's a future superstar. Uh, this was kind of close. Yeah. He's been in the league uh, five years. Five Five, six years. He came in the same draft as Carl Anthony Towns, right? Say again. He came in the same draft as Carl Anthony Towns. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, y'all love same draft as those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Five years. Yeah, yeah. Five years. So, uh, we go to the Portland Trailblazers. So they get Ennis Cantor. Chris was trashing them in the last episode. Uh, they keep. I, they, I didn't trash him. I said he can't play defense. You trashing his defense. What, he can't play defense. 
you know you're right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. You're That's cool, but, there, but there's no question what he could do in spurts, like on uh on offense and as far as rebounding. I didn't say that about his offense. I said he can't play defense. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I was agreeing with you. I was yeah. agreeing with you. He's, his defense, yes, is that defense definitely trash. They keep Rodney Hood. Uh, they signed Robert. Uh, they trade for Robert Covington, and they grabbed Derrick Jones. And then, look, the biggest part of it all, Melo, he's back with the team. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh. Carlin, you know that's my boy. I know that's your guy. That was your – yeah, Carmelo Anthony, man. I feel like he should have never went to the Knicks, though. Just, I'm sorry I got to say that to you. Should have went to the Bulls when he had the chance. No, he he shouldn't have ended up on the Knicks the way he ended up on them. He should have just went to free agency. <laughs> he should have. He should have just waited to free agency. That was his mistake. So, how you guys feel about the Portland Trailblazers? An entire episode on that, bro, but I, I don't want to – I don't want to – Deep into that right now. Let's let's talk about the good time. Last <laughs> <laughs> the good time. How you guys talk about the Portland Trailblazers, man? Talk to me about their offseason moves. So I'm I'm gonna start off with the Robert the Robert Covington move. I actually really like Robert Covington. I feel like you guys should have never got rid of him, Colin. Hey man, the Sixers is prone. I, you know what? I'm just, I'm just hopeful. I've had so much hope for them this season, though. He's six so. ten. He can shoot the three, and and he guard he could guard all four. He could guard like four positions. I feel like. Three. Three and B, three and B guy. He's, he's a great three and D guy. It's already known Melo's going to come off the bench this season, so I think that's the perfect starter to have ahead of him. Absolutely, I think, and I think Melo's at this stage of his career, he understands that you know the arrogance is gone. Like he, you know, he's accepted it, and yeah. they did a good job of beefing up that that bench. Uh, the bench also because Portland's shown to have some depth problem, depth problems, especially in the playoffs. So re-signing Melo, re-signing Rodney Hood, who's coming off of an Achilles tear. I feel like those guys are uh, are ready to go. They're motivated. They still have Gary Trent Jr. and uh Anthony Simons too. Those I like young. Gary Trent Jr. Man, yeah, man. So I uh, I'd give I'd give the Portland Trailblazers an A. Yeah, I'm I'm right there. I give them, I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm giving them an A minus though. Cut you off. Not to mention uh, the signings of Harry Giles and Derek Jones Jr. I really like those. Ah, too. You see, and that's why they keep me from giving them an A. I'm gonna give them an A minus. Harry Giles, Chris would know very well. He's too injury prone for me. I mean, but then I don't know his skill. I mean. So, so Chris, you more of a Kings fan. Can you give me in depth on like Harry Giles as a player? Like, just give me more in depth of him as a player. You just remind me of the Willie Cauley Stein, but I mean, I, you really don't see much of him because he's always hurt. So, right. I mean, it's a good addition because he's athletic, big. But if you can't be on the, if you can't get in the court, like, there's no purpose of the of that happening, signing happening. I mean, right. besides that though, all the offseason moves are pretty much decent. I would still start Melo. I start him at the four. Or actually, I thought Robert covered it before. Move Melo back to the three. Uh, hmm. So that that would be a kind of live jam off the bench, though, because off the bench you would have Harry, Zach Collins, and uh, Enos Cancer. I mean, I mean, you have Zach, but you still got Zach Collins in this camp, so that's fine because Zach Collins is stretched the floor out, and Roddy Hood can play the three. Plus, you got Gary Trent the two. I mean, I don't think I don't really see the purpose of Melo coming off the bench if they have Rodney Hood. Yeah, Melo's definitely, but um, definitely. So that's what's gonna keep me from what Chris is giving me in depth on Harry Giles. That's what's giving me keep me from giving them an A. I'm gonna give them an A minus because Harry Giles and Derrick Jones. I mean, what are you guys thoughts on Derrick Jones? Like, what you know? Like, what's your thoughts on him? I, I mean, he could work in their system. I'm not entirely sure. I think he'll really fit well if he can consistently make his three. I'm not saying he got to shoot like a high percentage, but I'm just saying you need to shoot at least try to shoot by the league average in the 30s. <laughs> If you can shoot by the league average, he'll be he'll be a good fit. All right, then. So I mean, so so I'm giving him an A minus. Kyrie's giving him an A. What grade are you giving him, Chris? I give him a B plus. B plus, B plus. All right. So I mean, overall, we could say the Portland Trailblazers had a pretty successful offseason. Look forward to seeing them compete in the playoffs. Now we go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I feel like that's a team that had so much talent and done little next to nothing with it. Besides making the playoffs that one year with Jimmy Butler, it's like that's crazy. I mean, so Minnesota Timberwolves, they kept Malik Beasley. He had a great season last year, a mm. breakout season, if you want to say. They traded for Ricky Rubio, their fifth pick in the 2009, the infamous draft where they selected three guards over Steph Curry. I don't even know how you do that. I don't even know who was behind. John, no, I feel like they did Johnny Flynn dirty because I think I was watching the interview. It was a play that described, like, because I think, who was it? Gilbert Arenas talked about how NBA medical teams, they really can be in up. Like, they didn't properly diagnose Johnny Flynn. And right. 
Yeah, so it's like because I watched Johnny Flynn. I'm sure you watched Johnny Flynn. You're a Syracuse fan. Johnny Flynn to me was like he could have definitely been one of the best guards had he been. You know, he had a really good rookie season with the Timberwolves too. Exactly, he had a great rookie season. I just feel like you know that doesn't get talked about how the medical teams of the NBA they could be very inept. Like they could definitely do some heart damage to your career. But yeah, yeah I mean overall the Minnesota Timberwolves they kept Malik Beasley traded for Ricky Rubio and they drafted Anthony Edwards first overall pick. You know how I feel about him, a little iffy about him, not really too high, not too low on him. Uh, I give the Minnesota Timberwolves a B. W- what about you, Kyrie? Um, I'm not really impressed with any of the moves they made free agency-wise. Um, Adam Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I feel like he's just another wing defender. He hasn't really shown to be able to make a uh, jump shot consistently either uh, in his stops in Toronto or Brooklyn. Um, so I feel like he's just another wing defender that to add uh, for depth on their squad. Wow, I can't believe I forgot Rondé Hollis. Man, his career is like – I don't know. Yeah, so um, I'm happy with their draft. Um, so their offseason, of course, I'm kind of split on. But uh, free agency-wise, I'm going to give them a C-minus. C-minus. What about you, Chris? Talk to me. How you feel about the uh, Timberwolves' offseason? Uh, I'll probably just give them a B. I mean, they didn't really do anything. The only move I really liked was getting Ricky Rubio because I think he's he, – he, I think he's still a starting caliber guard. But yes, definitely know. is. But I wouldn't mind him coming off the bench either, being a backup point guard. So I don't, I like that move. I'm so, gonna... so, so you think Ricky Rubio would be a better starter than D'Angelo Russell? I sure, I sure didn't say that. No, I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm just, I'm throwing a question out there. I'm not saying you, you said that now. I'm just asking that a question. Should even be a question, bro. That should not even be a question. Should it even be a question? Mm. No. I think you, it, you, I mean, you get you get Ricky Rubio because he's already familiar with the system. He's a solid backup. He uh he can conduct the offense and. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a really good backup for them. Right. I mean, he he he's a starting caliber. I didn't that doesn't mean he should start. But I mean, besides that, they I think they're really banking on um progression of Anthony Edwards. And I mean, I wanted to ask you about that, Chris. How do you feel about Anthony Edwards as like as the number one pick in, in the draft? How do you feel about him? I think that well, I think looking at the prospect, that was what they needed. They needed a wing score, and I feel like they actually had that already. But you know, they got rid of him to Andrew <laughs> Butler. But anyway, I think, like I said, I think it was, I don't know if, if, how he's going to do, but I think in terms of what they needed, I think he was the right pick because they need somebody on the wing that can kind of do what Zach Levine could do, but, you know, they just traded him. I think they just need that in defense, basically. I feel like that's all they're missing. And hopefully Cat can develop some type of defense too because he, he's inconsistent when it comes to that number four. I mean, I, also the moves, I, I mean, I give him a big. B. All right, on the same lane. All right, all right. All right, so now we go to the Pacific Division. We go to the reigning champs, your Los Angeles Lakers. Man, they had a monster all season. I mean, title favorites again? You guys think so? No? No? Uh, all right, well, uh, Machas Harrell, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Shorter, Mark Gasol, Markeith. Morris, but they let Ray John Rondo, Avery Bailey, and Dwight Howard go. But then they resigned to Anthony Davis too. So it's like I, I'm gonna give Los Angeles an A. I mean, I like Wesley Matthews. He's really underrated. He's a great, he's a good shooter. Dennis Shorter, he's definitely serviceable playing as a backup. He did say he wanted to start at the point. I don't know what the Lakers will do with that, but um, Marquise Morris, uh, he he's a he's a he's a defender. You know, does all all the, all the, all the little dirty stuff. You know, you want your you want your tough guy to do. He's enforcer, so. I'm gonna get Lakers an A. How you, how you feel about that, Chris? Of course, sir. Yeah, Marquise Morris was dirty fouls. Marquise Morris, yeah, a little more of a scorer, Colin. Oh, he definitely plays defense. He, he, he's hard. He's a hard foul. He's a hard fouling type of guy. He is an enforcer. They're not really in enforcer anymore because of how the NBA is set up. Mm, okay. All right. I, yeah. All right. I'll give you that. How you feel about the Lakers, though? How you feel about their offseason? How you I mean, feel they about that? Basically so, I mean, they, they did what they were supposed to do. That's all I really can say. I mean, they got they, some players left, but they replaced all of them. But they just, I think they had a, a solid offseason. I, I want to give them a minus for real, for real. Yeah, so, I mean. Yeah, I don't, I'll give them an A. I think it was a little more of a retool. I feel like it was just an upgrade all across the board. You got a better playmaker that can score also in Dennis Schroeder um, for the cost of losing Rajon Rondo. And you did, and you do have like Rajon Rondo because he he's been there, he's been to a championship already before, and he had great experience. But I feel like Dennis Schroeder is better for them play style wise. He can get up and down the court, and he's a really good scorer, and he can 
big buckets for himself. I'm really happy with the Montrez Harrell signing, whether you start him or bring him off the bench. He's a great energy guy, great rebounder. I feel like that was a perfect fit. He'll fit well alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Speaking of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they re-signed both of them this offseason. So you have no choice but to give them an A. Oh, a- absolutely. So, all right. They had a great season. Uh, title favorites, too, for everyone. I don't know for, for everyone, but, you know, some people got them as a title favorite. We go to the, the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, so they let go Landry, but they got uh, Luke, Luke Kennard. They traded him for Luke Kennard. I like him. He's a good shooter. I, I don't know why the Pistons got rid of him, but uh, Montrose Hale left them. But they got Serge Ibaka. They kept on Mar- Marcus Morris. Uh, what, what do you guys feel about the Los Angeles Clippers offseason? Offseason moves. Oh, then they also got Ty Lu as a coach, which I don't know how to feel about him, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with you on that. I don't know how to feel about Ty Lue either. I wasn't necessarily big him in his time in Cleveland. I feel like he, he had a, a really good team, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving leading the boat. Um, and, he, and he's in the same position now, having Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. But they did a good job with free agency. I really like the Serge Ibaka move. Um, he's shown to play good alongside Kawhi Leonard back in Toronto. He can stretch the floor now. He's still in the force on the inside. And I really do like the Luke Kennard move also because he gives you a lot of floor spacing. He's a really good shooter, whether he's creating his own shot or he's coming off the bench. So I'd give, uh, I'd give the Clippers an A minus just because I'm not, I'm not crazy about like them signing Nick Batum. I feel like they could have probably found another a better wing defender out there that could score the ball off the bench. But I'm just nitpicking. Uh, I'm yeah. I was gonna give him the A. I'm gonna give him the B plus just for the Nick uh, Batum. Like I said, I mean, I'm, I guess he's a serviceable. He gives you bench depth. Uh, he's a good passer. He's a good playmaker. Yeah. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about the Los Angeles Clippers? How do you feel about their overall season? How do you feel about Ty Lue, especially? I mean, I'll, we'll see how he actually does as a head coach. Now he doesn't have LeBron anymore. But I mean, <laughs> he was serviceable in Cleveland. I mean, I'll he has Kawhi Leonard, so you know. I mean, he he he's got a lot of fortune hopping into the right situations. I, I will give him that. He got he, he got a lot of fortune. Based off the roster moves, I I like every move except bringing back Reggie Jackson. Man. I, don't, I don't like that signing. You don't like Reggie Jackson? I didn't like the signing at first, but he actually shown to be a, played really well in his role there. I, mean, I like Jackson there. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> I mean. The, Ball work was coming at him too. Said he was still getting out played. He was still getting out played by guards in the playoffs. He was getting out played by guards in the playoffs, though. That, that, that is yeah, true. true. But I mean, he gives you he gives you those short short bursts of offensive, you know, output. I mean, I don't know. He he he's a solid passer. But uh, yeah, I mean, like he he's a run in the middle point guard. You don't expect way too much from him, but yeah, you don't. I didn't expect, I didn't expect a lot from him going into the, into the Clippers, but he he actually surprised me. He played way better than I thought he would, so that's why I'm I kind of like the move. All right, all right, all right. I'm fine with that. So now we go to the Phoenix Suns. Um, listen, this is my honest opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I feel like they give like I I love Chris Paul and D Book together. Absolutely, like they they're gonna be phenomenal. Chris Paul's gonna listen. D Book. Oh, actually, let me throw this question out before I even get in. So, Chris Paul and D Book, all right, that's the backcourt. How you guys compare that to Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill? What, what how, which backcourt in your opinion? I mean, I mean, you're definitely gonna go with Chris Paul, and I feel like I'm definitely gonna go with Chris Paul and Devin Booker just because I feel like they won't bump heads as much or ride up together, like interfere as much with each other as Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill would do because Russell. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, those are two guys that operate the best with the ball in their hands. And Chris Paul, he's shown like he can adapt to different roles where he has guys around him that are adept at playing with the ball in their hand, like Devin Booker. So I feel like I, I just see that working out better. So what about you, Chris? How you feel? Like, you know, tell me about your opinion about those, those two backcourts. I mean, like, I, 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 I hear what he said because, I mean, I, I'll say this. I mean, Bradley Bill, he doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to be a effective, but Russell Westbrook almost leaves his hands at all times. Uh, Chris Ball, though, he's way better at adapting than uh, Russell Westbrook is, and Devin Booker's already shown. Hey, I mean, he showed at Kentucky. He don't need the ball in his hands to be effective. Yeah, absolutely. They showed at Kentucky. Uh, y'all didn't, y'all didn't see, see his full potential, though. Y'all just wanted to shoot. Nothing else. He can score, though. 
Y'all just wanted to shoot. Maybe you let him score. Y'all could have won. But that's just me. Anyway. Wait. <laughs> what? The refs were against us in that Wisconsin game. Somebody called that they made late in the game? I don't want to hear that. That's Are you kidding me? Let's go back and watch the film, man. But listen, I will say this. Uh, I love the Chris Paul edition, but I just feel like they – I don't know. I feel like they gave a lot for Chris Paul. And he, How old is Chris Paul? 34, 35 years old? Oh, yeah. He's still effective. That, that's, the only, that's the only thing with me, though, because even though it worked out in OKC to an extent, it's the same situation with him and Shea Gilgis Alexander as it is with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They're in different time zones of their career. Like, I just feel like they, they get – like, I'm not doubting the effectiveness of Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul. He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. I just felt like he gave a lot of good young pieces for Chris Paul. I mean, the Phoenix Suns' benches, I mean, it's okay, but – I don't know. I like it, though. If you want to just base off strictly of Chris Paul, I give it a B plus. I can't give him an A because they gave away a lot of pieces for Chris Paul. But, I mean, just so what's your thoughts on that, Kyrie? How, what grade would you give the Phoenix Suns today? Um, I give him a B plus also. I like the Jay Crowder move. I feel like he'll be a good backup um, enforcer off the bench um, behind Cam Johnson. I think Cam Johnson's going to have that starting three spot this season. Um, he has to shoot the ball a little bit better. He's shown he can go on cold streaks. Um, but I do like that move. They did lose Aaron Baines, which I was kind of hurt. I feel like it's going to hurt them a little bit as far as, as having a stretch five on the floor. But overall, I'll give them a B plus. So what about you, Chris? How you feel about that? I'm probably going to give them a B plus as well. I mean, I I like the fact that they still have Dario Sorry, because I think he's he fits well in that system, and Andre Crowder that's something they could use off the bench as well. Uh I mean, I think they have a nice nucleus now, like. I mean, it's really going to depend on Chris Paul's health because I'm yeah. I kind of skeptical about it, but they do have a right blend of veterans and young talent. So hopefully DeAndre can take that leap and finally be that dominant big that he should that be. One, that number one pick they spent on him. Right. I mean, Austin Musa, I'll give him a, I'll give him a day. I mean, you got to think the Suns can make the playoffs because the way the West is so stacked, I don't even know, man. I like for the, I like Devin Booker to make that playoff appearance, but I don't know. The West yeah, is- I mean, they did kind of convince me with their showing out in the bubble. Even though they didn't make the playoff, they just had a really good run, and they showed really like to know what they like, they showed that they know what they're doing out there, and that their chemistry is coming up, like come a long way. And we got to give the coach credit, Monty Williams, man. I mean, he, definitely, he's definitely, definitely. Um, I feel like they'll be battling it out in that. Uh, in that tournament, though, at the end, I thought they'd be battling out for for eight seed or seven spot. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so we go to the Sacramento Kings. Go ahead, Chris. Introduce yourself, Sacramento Kings fan, the number one Kings fan in the world. Introduce uh, yourself. I don't say the number one Kings fan, but I do like the Kings. All right. So, um, honestly, you guys didn't match that offer with uh, I I, I don't I, I I don't know about that. I mean. I don't know how to feel about the Kings. I like y'all draft picks so much, but I just don't know what to really give y'all as a grade. I mean, besides that, you guys give – you get, you did give De'Aaron Fox a max contract, which I felt like it, it was a good thing to do because, you know, I mean, you guys had no choice. You had to give them that max contract. But, um, I mean, Chris, I mean, how you feel about the Kings all season overall? Uh, I mean, I feel like we're – well, I mean – I'm not really sure how to feel about it. I won't say we did anything bad because I don't mind not matching the offer sheet because he didn't want to be – because Bondonovich didn't want to be be in Sacramento to begin with, which which is understandable, and I don't really take away from that. So I think we – I think the nucleus is there. I think as long as we can keep the best players happy, we should be okay. Um, I'm hoping that this rookie that you keep talking about so much, I hope he comes in and – I don't know if he's a point guard or if he ends up being a shooting guard. I hope he can be a pretty good shooting guard. But I mean, I'll say we're in the right direction. We're not. I, we're not making the playoffs. But I mean, if we made the ninth, if we finished at the ninth seed, I think that'd be a good season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give the the Kings a C plus. I mean, like I said, I, I love the draft pick. You guys matched the uh, De'Aaron Fox. He's up and coming. As, as uh, he's looking, he's looking to challenge that being a top ten point guard in the league, possibly even more, depending on how well he does with the Kings. Uh, how, how about you, Kyrie? How do you feel about the Kings overall? Um, I'm gonna have to give the Kings a C plus, that, just free agency wise. I mean, they did like like we said with Donovan Mitchell, 
Um, they did what they were supposed to do and resign um Darren Fox. He's definitely your guy going forward, and he's shown that. Um, they just did they do a great job of putting the pieces around him. Um, they did they did address the need in rebounding. They finished twenty seventh in rebounding last year. They went out and got Hassan Whiteside, who's one of the best rebounders in the league and one of the best shot blockers. Who they originally drafted? Too like too much on the other moves. I would have I would have thought they. Try to trade Buddy Hill and see what they can get out of him. Try to see what piece they can get out of Buddy Hill. But it may be a little bit harder because he just signed a big contract. Yeah. So, Chris, so what do you think about the Kings? Like, should they trade Buddy Hill? Uh, I want to say not quite yet. I want to – I say um, give it another year or two. See what progress can be made. Now, if it's kind of stagnant, then you can think about moving them. But right now, just let let it play out another year or two and then see what happens. Hey, Chris, so do you think guys would be in a better direction if you started De'Aaron with Buddy and had Tyrese Halliburton back up the point guard spot? I mean, off the bat, I would say you started that and just had Tyler Burton back up because, I mean, De'Aaron and Buddy Hill play well together. They do. And, and, I mean, it's cool. And, I mean, I do like the addition of Hassan Whiteside because they need some defense, even though I don't really like him much anymore. But, I mean, I would say that was the best thing to do, unless they want to try to go with a three-guard lineup, but I'm not sure how that's going to work, though. So, Chris, how do you feel about Luke Wall in the, as a coach? How do you feel about him as a coach? I think he needs to prove himself still. He hasn't done that yet. I think he has he has opportunity right now to prove himself, and he had an opportunity in L.A. He, well, I don't even say L.A. because he did have bronze. Yeah, I mean, obviously the coach. I really think whatever – it don't matter which coach you are, Bron is the coach. <laughs> that's my opinion. I feel like he's the coach. So, but, I, I feel like Luke Wall has a chance to – Prove himself that he can be a good NBA head coach and is going to show during his time in Sacramento. Um, I mean, I'm rooting for him because, I mean, based on what he's done, it hasn't been bad. But, again, I also know he's had stacked teams. I got you. All right. All right, so we made that transition to the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Clay Thompson, man, that hurts. Like, with Clay, they easily – I think they – I think they knock off gold, uh, the Denver Nuggets for that number three spot. I feel like with Clay Thompson healthy, but he's out. But they get Kelly Oubre and they drafted James Wiseman. Um, how do you guys feel about the Golden State all just off season all together? How you feel about that, Kyrie? Um, I think they had a pretty good off season. You hear me, you heard me rave about their uh their draft in one of our previous episodes. I think they had a really a pretty good draft. I love um, that. I really like them signing Kelly Oubre though. I feel like he's a great all-around player. Well, he's not much of a playmaker, but he's a great two-way player to have alongside Steph Curry. He can shoot the three, and he's athletic. He can get into the paint. Um, He's good off a cut, and he's a great defender. Um, I'm really eager to see how Andrew Wiggins fits into all of that. Mm, definitely. I'm eager to see what kind of role he takes there. That's one of my main questions about them. Um, But according to their GM, they're really high on him, and they're really uh, expecting him to, to contribute a lot this season. Um, they also signed backup point guard Brad Wanamaker, who I like as a backup playmaker. Um, he showed to be come on really strong in Boston um, towards the tail end of last season. I kind of like him, and I like the Kent Bazemore signing. One, because he's been there already. I can't remember if he played under Steve Kerr while he was there. I'm trying to think. I, I don't I – don't, I don't think he has. I don't he, think he has. He, he, he was under Mark Jackson while he was there, right? Yeah, he was under Mark Jackson. He was under Mark Jackson. Okay. Well, I, I still see him fitting into that offense either way because he's another good two-way guy. He's not the best three-point shooter, but he can he can get it done for a guy that comes off the bench. So I like that, Sean. I'll give the uh, I'll give the Warriors an A. Uh, I'm gonna give the, the Warriors a B plus just because I love James Wiseman. Um, what about you, Chris? How you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I probably give him a B minus. Uh, I think they did make the right moves, but I'm still concerned about Andrew Wiggins because that might be the make or break right now for this season with them, but I mean, Anna Calibri was a nice addition. I do like Brad Wanamaker. I'm a big fan of James Wiseman. Yes. I mean, hopefully- I, that, was, that was one prospect Kentucky did everything they could to get home, but you know, he went mess. They did that bread like Penny did, though. <laughs> See, but that's, they did him dirty. The NC, I wanted to, we're going to talk about the NCAA in, in an episode, man. It did James Wiseman dirty, like they're going to do Sharif Cooper, but we'll talk about that another time. But um, all right. I mean, everyone likes the Golden State Warriors all season, so hey, it's nothing really to talk about with them. Uh, so we go to the Southwest, the last division in the Western Conference. We talk about the Houston Rockets. We touched on that last episode. The main focus would be the John Wall and Russell Westbrook trade. 
uh, in Chris's words, disgusting for the Wizards. Uh, I like it for the Rockets. I do. And, and they get a 2023 first-round protected pick. So I think the Rockets come out with a W in this one. I mean, besides that, they kept Christian Wood. It's not really much they did in the offseason besides drafting Kenyon Martin in the draft, too. Uh, the big fact is what do they do with James Harden? Do they trade him? Do they keep him for another season, try to make him happy, see how that John Wall and James Harden tandem works? Uh, I don't I, I don't know. I, I'm going to give the Rockets a B plus. I mean, how do you feel about that, Kyrie? Um, like I said before, I think a lot of this weighs on who is John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins going to be when they come back. And nobody knows for sure yet. So I feel like that's what – like. I feel like that's what the season balances it on, balances on. And if they're not the same people, then I feel like James Harden is definitely going to force his way out of there. And then you're, you're rebuilding around a, a banged up DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall, just the two guys that are shells of themselves at that point. But I don't know. I really like the, I really like DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. I really do want to see them get back to their prime states. I'm happy they're playing together again for the first time since Kentucky. They've been wanting to play together for a minute. Um, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of. It's just a lot of what ifs for me. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, they're both thirty, and James Harden is thirty-one, I think. So I mean, they're it, all in the. Th- I feel like this is a uh, this is a make not a make or break. Because I don't. It's not a make or break. Because I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. I don't see them doing anything. Right. You had them. You had them not even making the playoffs, which I don't know. I don't feel comfortable leaving the Rockets off the playoffs. But we'll see about that. So but, so, what do you guys think of of James Harden? Uh, him being more willing to play with John Wall and Russell Westbrook. What do you guys think about that? Well, see, I feel like John Wall is definitely, if you want to talk about point guard, John Wall is more of a point guard than Russell Westbrook. I don't even think that should be a debate of anyone if you watch Russell and John Wall play. Like, I mean, so I don't think it's going to be like a, a force of seeing who, okay, we got to take turns taking shots. Like John Wall, is, when he comes down, he's going to look to pass the ball. He's going to drive and kick it out. But um, I think John Wall and James Harden, I feel like that, that duo works too. I feel like that duo works. I really do. I mean, Chris, like, what's your thought about you know the Rockets all season? They're free agent signings. Uh, I I'm I I think it's a big question mark, but I kind I kind of do like what they did. I mean, I do like bringing Demarcus Cousins and uh, John Wall over here, but again, it's really big on if they can stay healthy and how they will be effective. I really like the addition of Christian Wood, even though I wish he went somewhere else. <laughs> he's, he's a really solid stretch forward. He's, yes, he's he is. Yo, uh, do, do you guys know how he went undrafted a couple years ago? Was he, he wasn't playing like he was playing right now. That's how. What draft? What draft? Did, what draft was it? I'm trying to think. I'm about to say if you told me I was going to see this Christian Wood, he's playing for the Sixers, I would have told you I'm not. So, I mean, sense. I'm talking about what he was doing at UNLV though. I mean, it's UNLV though. That's the thing. I mean, I'm not trying to say it's like a bad thing, but it's like, I mean. Okay, so he entered the 2015 draft. He was on a lot of mock drafts, too. He entered the 2015 draft. That draft was kind of like – it had a lot of fours. So it's like, I don't know, maybe he got a little bit overshadowed, but that definitely got to contribute to uh, how he played in UNB. Maybe he didn't play exceptionally well, or the draft could have been that deep at those two positions. But um, Christian Wood is definitely someone – yeah, he – I don't know how he went undrafted. Maybe he got overshadowed. him, too. So I, I definitely like him though. That's 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 pretty good. Uh, yeah. So um, but I'll I'll give the uh the Rockets a C plus. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give them a B minus because John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, health. I love them as together. The chemistry's already there, I believe, because you know those guys always wanted to play with each other's head in interviews. So I'm gonna just give them a B minus because, like I said, depending on their health, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins are injury prone. I mean, Chris was a big DeMarcus Cousins fan when he was with the Kings, but uh. How do you feel about the Houston Rockets? What, what grade would you give them, Chris? I'd probably give them a C plus. C plus, C plus. All right, all right. So now we go from Houston. We go to Dallas. Dallas, man. I mean, I, they get Josh Richardson. They gave him Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Uh, they got James Johnson. They picked him up. Uh, how you feel about the Dallas Mavericks offseason? I mean, all together, how you feel about it? Um, so I feel like the Josh getting Josh Richardson was an upgrade from Seth Curry strictly because he's a better uh he's a better defender. Absolutely. Um, outside of that, they also picked up James Johnson, who's a good Swiss Army knife. He's a good rebounder. He can hit the three here and there. He's a pretty good defender, right. and he's a good enforcer. 
he's a, he'll be a great locker room guy there for young guys like Luca and uh, Chris Stops. Right. Um, and and Josh Green, who they drafted. And Josh Green, yep, definitely. So um, I I'd give their offseason. Well, not their offseason. I'd give their free agency a B. We talked about their draft already, but I'll give their free agency a B. Yeah, I I, I was gonna and so including the how much I love their draft picks. I mean, I, I want to give them a B plus. I feel like those guys. I feel like in a Rick Carl system, those guys would be able, especially Josh Green. I think he'll be able to contribute this year. How much it depends on how much uh he could get inside the rotation. I think he'll get some minutes at the rotation. But uh, I'm gonna give the Mavericks a, a, a B plus. I, I like Josh Richardson. I felt like I really wanted to see Josh Richardson play under Doc Rivers. I wanted to see. I felt like. Brett Brown didn't utilize him the way he should, but I feel like with Doc Rivers, he could have probably made a difference. But hey, it is what it is. Um, how you feel about the Dallas Mavericks, Chris? How you feel about the free agent offseason altogether? I think they had a solid um offseason. I do like Aaron Dodgers team, though. It sucks losing South Korea, but they needed more defense. Um, honestly, I think a better move would try. I, I would say this based off how he played in the playoffs. I think a better move would have been trying to possibly shop Tim Hardaway Jr. because he's been more consistent with his shot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of him, but I mean, they got Josh Richardson. I'm really eager to see how Josh Green will do because I really like that pickup. I think he's yes. going to, if he can, if he can get a jump shot down, yes. he's going to be a great. He's going to be a great side. Well, I won't say side. He'll be a great fit on the wing with Luca. Yeah, I mean, he's great in transition too. That's Luca's game right there. Hitting guys in transition. I really love like I, that's why I'm, Josh Green's really felt like he's gonna contribute for the. Don't be surprised when you see him on like you know he's competing for that rookie of the year spot. Maybe if he gets Ooh. enough. Ooh, I think he. I think he can. I think he can. I'm really high on Josh Green. I, I really am. But, wait, who? Who? Wait. So who? No, sir. We could actually talk about the rookies in another episode. We definitely got to touch on that. But um, wait. Uh, we go to the Memphis Grizzlies. We go to. the the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, there wasn't really much to talk about them. It's just that their their draft. I mean, I love their draft. Definitely being. Um, it's not really to talk about with the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, I'm just glad they took that bum Mario Hazonia off the Blazers. <laughs> I, I don't even want to mention him because he. I re, I still remember. I gotta look back at the NBA draft comparisons. I feel like 2015. He was right. Yeah, 2015. Those draft comparisons in 2014. Well, 2014 was kind of acceptable because the, that draft, if you watch them play in college, that draft was stacked from one to lottery. Like, they were all talented. But that 2015, some of the draft comparisons, Mar- I forgot what they gave Mario. Man, I can't wait. I, can't to- either. I just I just knew off the rip he, he bust. He's definitely a bust. I mean, it's not right. much to talk about him. I mean, I'm going to give the Memphis Grizzlies a, a, a C. Just give them a C. I like their draft edition. That's why I didn't give them a D. But um, how you feel about that, Chris? I mean, they didn't really make much noise, but they didn't have to make much noise because they they got the team right where they wanted, and it's still growing. So, still growing, especially, especially when you got a, a young point guard like John Morant. Hey, guys, crazy. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I'll, I'll give them a C minus strictly because of that. I mean, they, they, they didn't really need to make any moves. It's kind of like just see what what these people can do for a little bit. So you what think they, you're gonna rebuild through the draft a little bit more? Uh, I mean, yeah, they can. I mean, I thought they need a wing presence. I mean, I like Dylan Brooks, but I kind of don't like him at the same time. Uh, how come? How come you don't like uh, Brooks? I, again, you think he's a little too inconsistent. I think by now he should have found his niche with his team. I think right. he's kind of searching for it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they got – they have their – I'll say face of the franchise with Jaron Jackson and uh, John Morant, and they got a solid big with Valentunas. So, I mean, it's like they're in a good spot. I mean, at this point, you just got to – let us see. And is in his late twenties. He's not even thirty years. I think he's like 27, 28. So yeah, yeah. If anything, you, the only thing you look for, I guess, is just a big, just in case he wants to leave, or whatever. But they're in a good spot. So I feel so, like I I want to see. I would, I wanted to see the Grizzlies try to get another scorer off their bench. Um, we'll see how well Desmond Bain does that because he he coming out of college, his reputation is a scorer. He's a high level scorer. Um, but I feel like Grayson Allen and Justice Winslow and guys like that. They don't really carry that that scoring load. Mario Hazonia definitely not. They don't really carry that scoring load well enough. Yeah, that oh yeah, I, I definitely see that. All right. So now we go to the San Antonio Spurs. I was really hoping that they would trade DeMar DeRozan. Like I'm really just like him and Lamarcus. Yeah, and Lamarcus. I just feel like the Spurs should just go, they should just blow because they're not doing anything with those guys. Like, especially DeMar DeRozan. I mean, his 
I don't know where I don't know what team would really what team could he go to? Did do you pick up DeMar DeRozan if you're the team competing for the finals? Do you pick up DeMar DeRozan? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, why not? Why not? Hmm. What, what has he done bad? You you seen him except, in the- except for not shooting uh shoot consistently from three. <laughs> That's about it. I feel like I feel like because he just he just disappoints every time. But then again, when he when he's up against LeBron, I, I understand it. So I, maybe I'm going a little too harsh on him when you play against LeBron. But I just feel like he just he just looks so disappointing in the playoffs every single time. It's like, man, but then, then he'd be a great second or third option somewhere. That's what I'm saying. If you put him on a contender team, he doesn't have to be the guy anymore. So we can just focus on what he does best in that score. So what do you so where do you rank DeMar DeRozan on the shooting guard list? It's top ten. I don't top ten. Still top ten. I mean he can average he can give you twenty whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> top ten. All right. So uh I would definitely take him. All right. So, so Spurs though. I'm 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 happy with their draft. I'm I'm pretty disappointed with them in free agency. So I'll give them a D. I mean they they had they had resigned Jacob. Um I mean, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna give him. He's he's below average at best. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a, a D plus just because I like the draft day. I the the Spurs. I never question the Spurs when they draft a guy. They always know what they're doing. So let me give him a D plus. So what about you, Chris? How you feel? I was giving him a C minus because I think, along with y'all, I think it's just time to rebuild. They gotta get rid of Marcus and DeRozan. When you think about it, though, they're never really a huge, like, free agency presence, though. The Spurs do a lot of things low-key. Right. And it's crazy, though. Like, I just feel like – I don't think – so Greg Popovich just, like, start the decade off, like, just let that be his last season and then just, you know, just just rise off in the sunset because he's – No, because, you know, Tim Duncan kind of left him hanging. Tim Duncan uh, not pursuing coaching anymore. I feel like, but I think there's nothing for Greg Popovich. Like, we all know, I think he's probably one of the greatest coaches, arguably the greatest coach in the, in the NBA. I just feel like he has nothing left to, like, really prove. I mean, I feel like. We, I know, just don't want to see him go through a rebuild. It just Exactly. I don't want to see him do it. I feel like he's just, he's just right off in the sunset, you know. But, hey, you know, if, if the passion is still there, I, listen, I, I'm all for it. The passion. We know it's going to hurt the day he do decide to hang it up, though. Man, that really is gonna be a day where I'd be like, I can never look at the Spurs the same way again. I don't think no coach could ever fill his shoes again if whoever they decide to sign. But you know, we can't talk about that. That'd be years later. But um, all right, we go to the New Orleans Pelicans. Their future is that's one team in the West besides the Grizzlies, who I'm so excited for. That's the Pelicans, like Lonzo, Zion, Jackson Hayes. Definitely. I I, might, I, just, I think I left him out of my playoffs. I'm, I might have to re, re uh, take another. <laughs> I feel like I feel like with a guy like Zion and an unselfish point guard like Lonzo, and don't and even forget Brandon Ingram, but he resigned him. Ingram, I, I was gonna I was gonna touch on. I feel like man, I feel like they should make the playoffs. I don't know if they can because it's so stacked in the West, but I feel like they should make the playoffs. And then I love the draft sign. Like, well, actually, I don't. I love the draft prospect. I just don't know where he – I mean, he could play the two, though, but I don't know where he would fit on that Pelicans team. He has so many guards that it is. So, I love the prospect. I just don't – I don't know about the fit. But, I mean, listen, they're all season. The Pelicans, I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about that. You, 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 let me know, Kyrie, because they left Drew Holiday. They, they picked up Steven Adams. That's definitely a great pickup for the Pelicans. They picked up Steven Adams. So they- – they did a lot of their damage through trade where they got Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Right. And, you know, Eric Bledsoe, he was a little bit of a disappointment in Milwaukee, especially when it came to playoff times. But I still think he's a pretty good serviceable point guard. And I hear that they actually plan on, uh, plan on starting him next to Lonzo Ball. So How do I feel about that? Hmm. Oh, that's terrible. That, get oh, my I, God. I get, look, but you know what? No, but Lonzo is unselfish. Listen, so listen, listen. Listen. If Lonzo Ball could shoot the three like he was pre-bubble, I can see it working. I can see that working, yeah. Lonzo was pre-bubble. I don't know what he did in the bubble, bro. I don't know what was up with him. But Lonzo was on the tear before the bubble. Don't like he was him and Zion, even though they played a short amount of games, they were on the tear. He on the tear. He was playing better. As far as the shooting percentages was, he was really scorching it though. 
No, he was on a tear, Chris. I mean, for that for a certain amount of game, it wasn't that many. The sample was little, but he was just tearing. Like it was him and Zion. Like I said, that's why I, I, I'm so I feel upset with them drafting Kara Lewis because it's like you got so many guards. When when is he ever gonna have that time to you know shine? So right. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm gonna give the Pelicans a B plus just because of Steven Adams and um Eric Bledsoe. I think Eric Bledsoe would change the pace was was good for him to go to the Pelicans. I like the Pelicans. They should be in the AC seven seed, but with a with a guy like Zion, I feel like the sky's really the limit for them. And then Lonzo, if he could just like you said, three point shot maintains the way it was before the bubble, I'll give him a B plus. How you feel about that, Kyrie? I'm gonna agree with you. Um, I like I like the fact that they did resign on um, Brandon Ingram. I was hoping that he did resign there too. Um, I feel like he could have went a number of places and he probably would have made a couple of teams in championship contenders. Definitely. But, um. I really do like them re-signing him. I do like the, like I said, I like the Steven Adams and the Eric Bledsoe move. I feel like the other guys that they added in free agency is just kind of like more depth. Maybe there are a lot of, a lot of running the mill guys like Winnie Gabriel, um, who had a lot of potential going in. Going no, in. he, he, I, I, you know, he, he's been disrespecting Kentucky a lot since he left, and I, I'm tired of his nonsense. I, I don't know how to feel about him, but he, he commune on that. Oh man, you know what? I'll fill you in on that when we do that. Uh, when we do that, the episode, man, he's been disrespecting Kentucky a lot, putting a lot of blame. He basically he said I went from a top ten to being undrafted if I left Kentucky, and it's like, well, I see you play, buddy. Yeah, I'm, your play had a lot to do with that. So yeah, yeah. So you know, we're not even about to get started on him, but um, like I said, and I mean, this year, but that's another story, also. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go ahead and give the New Orleans Pelicans a B plus. Also, yeah, I'm gonna give them a B plus. I mean, Chris, how you feel about the New Orleans Pelicans? How you how you feel about them? I mean, I'll give them a B just off the strength that they got Stephen Adams. I mean, I don't really like the addition of Eric Bledsoe to that team because they're they're supposed to have a point guard. But what the draft selection did show me is is if um Lonzo don't step it up, he out of here soon. So you better, better come ready to play. Ah, I, I feel like Lonzo ready to play, man. I, I feel like I just, yeah, that kid Lewis, maybe that was just motivation for Lonzo. I mean, that's, that's probably it. But they got J.J. Reddick, Mikel, Zanderson, Walker, Jock. Man, they got so many guards. It's like. But that's good depth, though. That's good depth to have in that guard position. I feel like that, that, that is. I, I'm just t- strictly speaking from a viewpoint of, like, when is the rookie going to get a chance to, like, shine? Like, he's got a really – do well in the training camps, and I guess you know in the games whenever he gets that the few minutes he can to play. I mean, he's got to really shine because I don't I see that back seat for a little bit. Right, I don't see him getting no time. Maybe the first half of the season, if everyone you know the guards ahead of him play really well. So never know though. Injuries and stuff happen. Injuries and stuff does happen. So barring any fortune, the Pelicans. I feel like man now. The Rockets might not make the playoffs. Now I forgot about the Pelicans. I mean. T- Man, are the Rockets really not going to make the playoffs? Would they really not be able to make the playoffs? That's how deep the West is, though. You you leave a couple teams out of the uh, out of your top eight, and you you go back to reconsidering because they're so deep. Like all the teams are so so deep, you never know. Like Chris, like like, do you really think the Rockets don't make the playoffs? As they keep hard, they're making it. I, I don't know why you would think otherwise. Mm. The West is the West is deep, though, Chris. I mean, come on now, this ain't the East. It is James Harden that we're talking about. Uh, I know, but it's like it's the West we're talking about. And it's James Harden we're talking about. And we're talking about playoff James Harden. We're just talking about regular season James Harden. Oh, yes. Regular you season James Harden. The people around James Harden could do first. You got to see. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure to him as a teammate, bro. I feel like that's. I feel like I that's. Really know. You know what? You know what, Kyrie? After you spoke about James Harden, I had to relook at. Like, man, is he really the issue? Is he really the one that's causing the issue? I I'm, like- I'm. I'm thinking that at this point, after the I was thinking that after the Chris, after was Chris Paul, after what he did to Chris Paul. Yeah, like he did Chris Paul dirty. I mean, okay. yeah. So, all right, but you know, so that concludes. Episode 14 of the Restricted Zone podcast of the Western Conference. We graded each team in the Western Conference, division by division. We gave a grade based on their offseason moves altogether and their free agency signings. Well, we really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot for taking the time to tune in and listening to us. Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you're at, depending on who you are. We will be uploading episodes each week. Uh, stay tuned for the content, and thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks a lot for hopping on. I really appreciate you guys.
All right, everyone. Have a great day.